All right, welcome to League City Live. I'm Erin Webb, your communications and media director for the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce. And guess who's back today? We have our show sponsors from Elite Care 24-Hour Emergency Room, Dr. James Vincent, the medical director, Gloria Green, the marketing director, and Gloria has brought a very special guest, my friend Manish Mahishwari, who owns Pizza Fire and Cocoa Crepes right here in League City, who we'll be talking to later. But first, Dr. Vincent, you've come today with some hot summer topics. Um, I know before taking the gig at Elite Care, you were the medical director for the Galveston Beach Patrol. <laughs> How cool true. is that? <laughs> so a big thing right now are jellyfish stings and shark bites. So what, what do you have to say about those? That's right. Okay. So that's a big concern. You got your little one at the beach and you see all those gross jellyfish on the, on the sand. So there have been some changes. There's all these uh, urban legends about what to do with a jellyfish, including... Vinegar, (laughs) urine, all this stuff. So there was a big change that we tried to become more scientific. Really just water, either cold water, cold saline. You just want to get most of that toxin off. And there's no concern about pH or anything like that. Just rinse it with a bunch of water, maybe an ice pack. So why do people say to urine or something else on I know it's like it's not a bad word but it feels so weird to say it. (laughs) It kind of goes back to there was a big movement um, I think around right when I was in medical school to be more evidence-based where you actually take this this theory that you think works and then you apply a scientific study to it and so as they they did this with uh with these various things where they actually designed some studies to, to figure it out they found that most of the other just didn't work and so, so no benefit no of benefit. urine on a jellyfish sting. That's exactly right. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask anyway because it was really weird. Last summer, I took my kids to one of the beaches, East Beach, yeah. and there were like a million jellyfish that had come ashore. Wow. Yeah. So that just has to do with, it's just a complex ecology. I guess there's, you know, all the way to the to the diatoms, the microscopic stuff, to the to the weather and the you know the temperature and whatnot. Anyways, they can just flourish. I guess it's kind of the way that mosquitoes are around here. You know, oh. <laughs> sometimes you have like the the chiggers in the yard, and then all of a sudden, bam, you get the mosquitoes. It's mm-hmm. kind of the same. You just fill that ecologic niche. So I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Facebook about sharks being caught or coming up close to the shore in Galveston. Okay, sure. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say about that? So shark attacks, they get so much media coverage. Mm-hmm. They're so rare. I just looked up today on some shark tracking website and really you have about 10 times more chance of getting struck by lightning than getting bit by a shark. a shark yeah it's so rare so our last one in galveston was back in 2016 they're usually kind of they go for the legs so there's usually just a bad wound to the legs um the last fatality was like 1960 and i think it was a complication of an infection um heat exhaustion keeping hydrated this is something that's hot this summer um well, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> it's very hot. It's always hot here in Texas. So what is heat exhaustion? So as you, so if, if you think of your body as um, kind of generating heat on one hand, and then you have these uh, physiologic ways to dissipate the heat, and then finally you add in the environment, and so you mix all that together, heat exhaustion occurs when um, you're not able to dissipate your heat relative to how much you're producing. Anyways, kind of. In okay. minus out equals accumulation. Okay. So Makes sense. it's, it's kind of useful to think of that as you're, as you're in a hot environment. So um, you either want to kind of decrease your workload or increase the amount of heat that you're losing. 
And it was like cool water, cool clothes. Okay. You know, I can talk a little bit more about that. But, but that's kind of the general principle. So when your body's mechanisms are overwhelmed by the, the heat, that's when you get into trouble. All right. So let's talk about getting more involved in that conversation. What causes it? What can heat exhaustion lead to? What are some symptoms to look for? So for, fortunately, most, most people, once they start to head down this road of heat exhaustion, it's kind of a combination of your blood is too hot and it's telling your brain that it's too hot combined with some dehydration. So you're also, your blood is kind of thick. So most people are going to pull out. Whatever they're doing, they're going to feel so uncomfortable. They're going to seek shade or seek, you know, something cool or sit down or rest. Um, the, the only situation where that isn't in place is a child who's too young to do that, like if they're strapped in a car seat or something like that. Mm. Or some of these athletes, they're just so competitive. You know, they don't want to go to their coach or seem weak, so they'll kind of push through those symptoms. But in general, just trust your instinct. If you're feeling, it's like, man, I'm so hot, i got to sit down. I mean, just trust it. And that, that's the first step, I think, to recovery. Nice, nice. Yeah. I was reading earlier on dehydration. You talked about that. Are there some different symptoms you can look for in adults versus children when a person is dehydrated? Maybe, maybe a child who can't really talk. Right. Okay. So, so as you get smaller and smaller, the surface area of your skin gets higher relative to what's inside. Or in other words, kids do a lot of their temperature regulation through their skin. So the very first sign is that that baby is going to be real flushed. Their little cheeks are going to be so red. And that's certainly going to be a first sign that they're trying to dissipate some of that heat. Okay. And then as they get more along, uh, they'll start to get kind of drowsy or kind of dizzy looking. And that's certainly very serious. You You would want to get to a cool environment as quick as you can. Okay. Very good, very good. Now, heat, uh, heat exhaustion, can that lead to heat stroke, if not? Right, so heat exhaustion is uh, it's kind of this continuum where you kind of feel hot and sweaty, man, I need to sit down. Heat exhaustion is where you're starting to feel a little bit dizzy, like you're actually literally feeling weak from it. As you continue on and just overwhelm your you know, heat, heat dissipation mechanisms, you actually, your, temp, your blood gets so hot that you start to mess up your brain's cell processes. So that's actually heat stroke. So heat stroke is going to be marked by a, an alteration of your mental state. Kind of like super drowsy, kind of a coma type situation. There's no missing it. Okay. Yeah. And you would need to go to the ER. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now <laughs> For we, fluids. Yeah. Again, mo- most of the time we're not going to see anything like that. Most um, adolescent athletes, these, you know, little league type games, you would never get to heat stroke. Usually we see those more, um, for example, if there's an elderly person and their, their air conditioning goes out and there's no one there to kind of, you know, help them out, those are the cases that we would see more heat stroke okay. where they've been in a hot environment. And then on the other spectrum would be the baby, you know, in a car seat, I hate that. Car, yes. I hate seeing That's that. Scary. I can't. I just, as a parent, I can't imagine mm-hmm. how that happens. I, I just. So, so I actually pulled a little, uh, a very helpful worksheet from the AAP, yes. American Academy of Pediatrics. What do you have? And so it turns out that no parent would ever leave their baby in a hot car. The theme that rings true, though, is that you get a distracted mom. So they're like. They call her pulling, you know, their, their niece or nephew. There's, like, an extra kid that they're used to. Or they're, like, texting and driving. Or they're, like, super busy. Or they're hot and tired, too, that they literally kind of forget. So, so the keys, then, would be to um, maybe put your purse or your bag in the back seat next mm, to the baby. So nice. you're not, you're not going to leave your purse in the car. It's like, oh, there's also a baby here. And then also um, 
kind of set up some checks and balances. Like if you're bringing your niece or nephew somewhere, then tell your sisters, like, hey, why don't you call me when I get there just to make sure everything's okay. So you kind of build in some extra safeguards so you don't get distracted. That's really good advice. I like the purse <laughs> in the back. <laughs> and shoes, too. They say take off one of your shoes and put it back there. You're not going to be able to walk out the car with one shoe. Oh, that is good. <laughs> that is a good idea. Although mm-hmm. I just... Can't I, I can't, but I guess it does happen. Talking about outdoor sports in Texas, now it's Texas, it's hot like eight, nine months of the year, yes. mm-hmm. especially now it's what 105 outside. Um, we've got athletes playing football, baseball, soccer, right. everything. Um, what sort of advice or symptoms should parents or coaches look for when they're watching these athletes maybe the younger ones not so much the older ones who kind of know hey i should maybe go take a break so there should be a real strict culture about um like water breaks maybe um for the for the younger like eight to ten year olds they probably even every 20 minutes they should be taking a break getting a drink and then um certainly every hour as you get older maybe you could push them to an hour and then um Kind of limit. There's kind of a sweet spot between 30 and 60 minutes might be the maximum practice that you would allow, you know, outside, say up to age 12 or so, Um, because what's going to have to happen, you're going to have to acclimatize to the heat. And so as you get more into your high school level sports, your college level sports, there there is a way um, your your body can get used to the heat. There's some great ways uh, that your body can um, hold on to salt, produce more sweat. And that actually takes about two weeks. So what, I, what I'm kind of leading up to is that if you're, if you're going to be in a very intense, competitive outdoor sporting situation, you want to start about two weeks before your season mm-hmm. and start to acclimatize. Okay. And there's actually would be a really um, – well, so I pulled a nice resource. There's kind of a Gatorade scientific website, so I don't know if you want to Google that. I actually, just a little aside, I think Gatorade is a little too, uh, has too much sugar to be a really good rehydration solution, according to World Health Organization. But if you kind of dilute your Gatorade, it's great. Okay. And, but I was actually super impressed. Uh, this is called Heat Acclimatization to Improve Athletic Performance in Warm, Hot Environments. And this article was, was just fantastic. It really just shows how step-by-step you could have your competitive adolescent athlete get heat acclimatized. Nice. And what yeah. website did you say you pulled that from? Where did I pull this up from? You it's called the Gatorade that? Sports Science Institute. The Gatorade Sports <laughs> Science Institute. Very good. Get Thank to you know. for so it was a good resource. Kind, kind of just to summarize it, they, they talk about about two weeks before you want to start going outside for about maybe 90 minutes and do low-level aerobic activity. Okay. So that will kind of trigger a lot of these physiologic changes with your sweating and your heat um, heat distribution to your skin, things like that. That makes sense. So I had a question come in from a mom of a 15-year-old girl. Um, This summer, they're doing outdoor STPs, strength training program, Uh, Mm -hmm. um, for high school volleyball. Um, Let's see. What was her question? She kind of went on and on and on. Um, It's my sister, so I can say that. (laughs) Okay, so first, how much water should a sometimes lazy, Uh almost 16-year-old girl who does STPs for high school drink? And do you recommend that after she does two hours of STPs Monday through Thursday, should she be allowed to lay around and be lazy the rest of the day, (laughs) or should she keep her body moving? These are great questions. So question one would be hydration. So you probably want to drink about a liter of fluid before you start. You want to have your your tank filled up. And kind of a rule of thumb that I've used through the years is a liter per hour minimum. 
That's wow. a lot of water. Yeah, so I know. I'm thinking. So you wake him up at six to go to, say, "Here's a liter of water." Yeah, that's not going to happen. But I yeah. like it. So, and then as, after you drink maybe two liters of water, you do want to have some kind of electrolyte replace, like a sports drink, basically. Okay. And then, uh, kind of the ideal way to do a sports drink is by half and half water. Like cut it with half water. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then, what about after? Should they be able to rest their body the rest of the day or keep moving? Okay. So I read this fascinating book about alpine exercise training. Anyways, it really launched into a lot of the cellular processes that are occurring with fitness training, just um, even on the subcellular level. All these proteins are being laid down. There's new, um, there's new DNA being made all the way up to how your heart is beating and neurochemicals. Anyways, yes, your body needs to rest. So I say, let her just lay around and binge watch. <laughs> For like an hour? Oh, she, she's going to love that. Right. Thank you so much, Dr. Vincent, for talking about these hot summer topics with sure. us. When we come back, we've got um, Q&A with the ER doc, plus a new segment that we created just for you this week called Emergency Room or Not. Where we present you with some scenarios and you tell us, should you go or is it something that is not necessary? Oh, it's perfect. Okay. <laughs> All Very that good. when we come back on League City Live. All right, welcome back to League City Live. I'm Erin Webb with the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce. And still with me is Dr. James Vincent, the medical director for Elite Care 24-Hour ER. And last segment, he shared with us some hot summer topics, shark bites, jellyfish stings, some heat exhaustion, and dehydration. Now we're going to move on to our favorite segment, uh, Q&A with the ER doc. So as always, we told our listeners that you were coming on today and they were able to submit their questions mm -hmm. for you to answer. So these first two are kind of cool because they want you to finish the sentence. Okay. I'm ready. Ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. People have a much better chance of not ending up in the ER if... <laughs> we get it all so if I guess just common sense you know I just see a lot of people that haven't used common sense yeah. uh, like a woodworker who just that one time he doesn't you know wear his gloves or teenager who like decides to drink and they're not used to drink anyways there's just use common, common sense common sense yes. I like it please use common sense all right it irritates me or annoys me when I see a patient who <laughs> <laughs> did not use common sense. <laughs> no, did not use common sense. You know, so in general, so I have to be careful about being annoyed with mm -hmm. the ER because I'll get burned out. So um, in general, I usually see the, re you know, they're worried or, or whatnot. But okay, I'll let you in a little secret. So if you <laughs> if your child's only had fever for one hour, then you don't need to go to the ER. Gotcha. That makes sense. <laughs> Some you have, people are so worried about fever. You do. A lot of new moms, but, too. Yeah. But even but one hour of fever, like there's not even any test that you can run because there's not enough of a germ around to trigger any test. Like it really, there's really nothing you can do. Okay. I like it. And they're it. so worried. So don't worry. Let's see. <laughs> All right. Knowing what you know, you cringe a little when you see somebody do what? So I cringe <laughs> when... I guess it circles around choking hazards, like when a 
parent takes one of the exam gloves in the room and blows it up <laughs> as a little <laughs> hand balloon for their kid to play with while they're yes. waiting for me. It makes me cringe because that's so dangerous because if the kid bites into it, uh-huh. the latex or whatever, you know, nitrile will go right over the vocal cords. It could be faith, like that's lethal. That's good to know. So don't do that. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. Okay, I like that. <clears throat> what do you know about emergency medical situations that the common person should definitely know? Besides CPR. Yeah. Besides CPR. So you know, I think they're, tr- they're really trying to get the message out about particularly stroke. Now there's a very, very good medicine for stroke that you have to start within about three hours of onset. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I would say that if you have any kind of like droopiness or, you know, a loved one or, or whatnot, like if their face is drooping or their speech is slurred, their arm is tingly, then just, I mean, don't goof around and see if it'll go away. Immediately seek mm-hmm. care. Yeah, a lot of these... Um, Hospitals now have stroke pathways where as soon as you hit the door, you're going to go right to CAT scan. They'll mobilize the whole neurology team because it's just mm-hmm. that important. Wow. Yeah. Good to know. So stroke symptoms. Mm-hmm. Good to know. What's the most common question you get asked when people find out what you do? Well, I guess it's two. Okay, but you would usually ask me, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen in the ER? Mm-hmm. Or, the, or number two, they would be, how can you see, you know, all those kids who are hurting so bad? Mm. I guess those would be the two questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's got to be And tricky. he's there to help them. That's what's so wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here is the last one for this one. Everybody says, you know, you should exercise, walk, run, mm-hmm. you know, do all that. But then on the other spectrum, people say running will ruin my knees. So, mm-hmm. Dr. Vincent, will running ruin my knees? I would say that um, for the casual runner, no. I think if you're doing treadmill or whatnot, you know, 20 minutes, three times a week, then definitely not. Okay. But it's probably the more of like the marathoners and the ultra marathoners are the ones that you'd run into trouble. Putting all that strain yeah. on there. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And running on concrete, too, probably. Yeah, running on concrete. Mm-hmm. Soft. Versus a track. Yeah, like yeah. track is a little better. And then it, it does depend. If you've had prior injuries or if you were like, Big time in college sports, and you might need to be a little more careful. Okay. Maybe use like an elliptical. All right. Are you ready for your new segment? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I think I'm really going to like this. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. All right. So emergency room or not. So feel free to answer and then give your expertise on the situation. Okay. This one is kind of, I think, common sense, but you might have a different answer. All right. Emergency room or not. Food stuck in your throat. You have a piece of food stuck in your throat, maybe a piece of steak you didn't chew well enough. It isn't blocking your airway, but it definitely is not going anywhere anytime soon. ER or not. So, yes. (laughs) Go to the ER for sure. I'm thinking when I saw this, if you have food stuck in your throat, wouldn't it be blocking your airway anyway? Well, if you're like choking and... Yeah. yeah. How do you have food stuck in your throat and it's not blocking your airway? I don't know. Would you try to um, stick stick your finger down your throat and throw up so that it would come out? I don't know. They're not no, choking. No. So the, well, it might be stuck in like in the upper esophagus. Um, well, what would so you, you just, do? You just feel it's set there. So usually you have to call the GI doctor, and they really? go retrieve it. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it's if it stays there too long, it'll push against the tissue, and you can kind of erode a hole in your esophagus. Oh wow! So yeah, you okay. want to go. So yes, food stuck in your throat, emergency room. <laughs> All right, 
emergency room or not, I've been stabbed with a pencil. In one way or another, you find yourself punctured with a freshly sharpened number two pencil. (laughs) There might even be a bit of a dark spot from the graffiti underneath the skin. Are you in danger of lead poisoning? Should you go to the ER or not? The ER. So I would not in that situation. Okay. But I thought you needed to get a shot, Dr. Vincent. Well, there's no, there wouldn't be any um, lead in the graphite. Not anymore, I guess, in these days and times. Oh. So just, you're fine. Yeah, just kind of wash it off with some soap and water. So if Bobby Bobby stabs Susie with a pencil (laughs) in third grade, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) So what if it's stuck in there and you need a doctor to pull it out? Would it be like a splinter? I guess if it's really deep in there, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so y'all, that happened to me. <laughs> That's why I'm like, asking. Why is Gloria so invested in this topic? <laughs> so you got stabbed. So I put um, a pencil in my sock, and then I got up, and it stuck yeah. me. Yeah. yeah, That's crazy. But I'm older, so I had to get a shot back then. What kind of shot would they have given me? Well, like a tetanus shot. Tetanus shot. I would consider that really a tetanus prone yeah. wound, though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't normally do that. Emergency room or not, I got sprayed with pepper spray in my eye. It stings and I'm really uncomfortable. But is getting pepper sprayed a reason to go to the ER? Pepper spray, that's a funny one. No. <laughs> um, I guess I would not go because it's, there's not much we would do what, other than what you could do at home. Just rinse and rinse, rinse, rinse and rinse. Rinse, 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 rinse. Maybe like 15 minutes. Broken blood vessel in my eye. A broken blood vessel in the eye looks oh. nasty, but is mm-hmm. it worth a trip to the ER? So that is such a good question. Um, I would say no, as long as your vision is the same. Like if you're not having any pain and no change in your vision, I like then it. there's nothing I would do. I like yeah. this new segment. I think that yeah. doesn't that happen though when you're under a lot of stress, anyways. Well, if you sneeze, yeah. you can, it can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, what's really, it, t- it takes a long time to go away, sometimes a month. Oh, like, wow. I'll be red for a month. I electrocuted myself. <laughs> <laughs> Playing novice electrician and stuck something in an outlet I shouldn't have. I feel fine after the shock, but do I need to go ah, to the ER? Very good question. The, it has to do with the, the outlets in your home are fine. There's not going to be enough juice to really cause any trouble. Now, if you were doing that to your washers one, I guess it's the 220 then you would probably want to go get a like a heart tracing, an EKG. Oh, okay. Yeah, but just your standard outlet, no, you'll okay. be fine. All right, good deal. Infected ear piercing. My recent ear uh, piercing is red and swollen, uh-oh. and I think it's infected. Definitely need to come in. Definitely? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so the ear, especially because it's mostly cartilage, doesn't have a very good blood flow, so infection sets up quick, and it can uh, be really hard to treat. So definitely the mm. sooner the better. Oh, that's good to know, because yeah. I always just put that alcohol or that, that ear-piercing stuff <laughs> they give you anytime it looked red, but that's true. And I was just watching on TV, Dr. Vincent, yeah. a patient was getting these little things on their ear mm-hmm. from some type of a, an ear yeah. infection like that. Have you? I don't know the name of it, but... Hmm. No, I mean, it can deform your ear like that. It can. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I see those people who have those... Ear piercings that expand. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> okay. Leg is swollen. Swollen. Leg <laughs> is swollen after a long car drive. After sitting for a long time, you notice one leg is swollen and your calf is painful. Oh, goodness. That could be a blood clot. Really? You definitely need to come in. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 
I stepped on a glass ornament. It fell off the tree, and I stepped right on it. Should I? Can I pick out the glass, or do I need to go to the ER? You know, that's tricky. You would probably need an X-ray to see, you know, because there might be a little tiny fragment in there. So, yeah, you would have to come in for that. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two more. <laughs> this one is really funny. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. <laughs> My child has gone and put a small raisin up her nose and it's stuck. Mm-hmm. Can I get it out or do I need to go to the ER? So th- those are kind of tricky because if you push it back too far, it can either go down their um, trachea or get stuck worse. And we have this really beautiful kind of dev- It looks like a coffee straw with a balloon on the end that you can inflate. Ooh. So you put that thing in, inflate the balloon, and it pops out so oh, fast. Gosh, that, that makes me cringe, having something stuck. Oh, God, I can't. So come in, and we'll do that for you. All right. So they'll balloon, they'll balloon that raisin right out of your nose. Okay, last one. This actually makes me cringe, too. I got someone else's blood on me. I'm wondering, can I go wipe it off and enjoy the rest of my day? Or... <laughs> How, you know, just to be sure, do I need to go to the ER? So blood on intact skin is totally fine. Okay. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It's when, if, if the blood got on in a open, a, open wound. wound, like an open sore or your mouth or your eyes. Yeah. So if it, I mean, immediately go. Well, so what's tricky about that too, is that the real concern would be HIV. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of need the blood, like the persons whose blood that's from, like them to be tested too. Okay. Because if you get tested for, like any test, you wouldn't be infected, you know, after just a a few minutes or an hour. Okay. So um, there's some very important preventative medicines, though. Like if, I don't know, if someone was at a club or, you know, like if you're really concerned, (laughs) like, my goodness, I could get HIV from this blood. It's high risk. Then, then, yeah, you would want to go in because there is some medicine you can take that will protect you. What about um, when... You, you're around a squirrel or a raccoon, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, I might have asked you this last time. I asked you again. Did I? Did I tell you about my son trying to feed the squirrel? Mm-hmm. The squirrel. Okay, yeah, I did. Yeah. So we did talk about that. Yeah. Well, just in case they weren't listening, my son was trying to feed a squirrel who was very friendly at the at the Rice Campus, and uh, he did he didn't bite hard enough to break the skin, but he nicked him on the skin, mm-hmm. and that you said he didn't need to go. Right. No, he'll be fine. You're fine, Tyler. <laughs> Two months later. All right. Thank you so much for You're being welcome. here again this month, Dr. Vincent. Okay. Uh, did you like that segment? I think we should make I it did. regular. I did like that segment. I love it. Okay. Well, Dr. Vincent will be back next month to answer more of your questions. And if you have an ER scenario you want to know, should you go to the ER doc or not, go to the Facebook page, League City Live, and submit your questions. You can submit them now, and we'll get them on the list to be asked next month. Thank you, Dr. Vincent. When we come back, we'll be talking with Gloria Green, the marketing director, and her very special guest, Manish Maheshwari from Pizza Fire and Cocoa Crepes right here in League City when we come back on League City Live.
All right, welcome back to League City Live. I'm Erin Webb, your communications and media director for the League City Regional Chamber of Commerce. And back with me is Gloria Green, the marketing director for Elite Care 24-Hour Emergency Room. And she's brought a very special guest who we both know and love, Manish Mahishwari. Am I saying that right? Perfect. I'm Percy. I've been practicing. Manish owns (laughs) Pizza Fire and Cocoa Crepes. Recently, Cocoa Crepes opened next to Pizza Fire Right here in League City. First of all, thank, thanks, Gloria, and thank you. Uh, thanks both for inviting me here, and uh, you know, and making me feel home here in, in in League City. Before I go to talk more about the business, I'll talk to you, everybody, about these two wonderful ladies <laughs> here, who you know, my, my association with League City started one year back. And uh, the first one to uh, welcome me was you, and then. Uh, you were the one who encouraged me to start Pizza Fire in uh, in Lake City. And once we started a couple of months and we started more partnership with uh, Elite Care. Mm-hmm. So um, so the concept here, again, you know, um, I'm not a restaurant person. I'm a chemical engineer, mm-hmm. um, a research director before this life and um, used to travel around the world. Um, good fine dining around and wanted to bring something in, in Lake City, mm. you know, uh, something which is more authentic, something is more, you know, close to the country where it originates from. So, uh, you know, when, when it comes to pizza, we wanted something to bring, uh, you know, Neapolitan Italian style pizza, which are very thin crust, you know, where the dough and uh, uh, sauces are made fresh every day. Uh, the, the vegetables are hydroponic and so all those good things we wanted to bring. And the same with the cocos, we wanted to bring some French food here, you know, crepes, um, a coffee, which is more Italian. So trying to build a, a small center where you can get more um, a fun food uh, for, for a family. It starts morning, 7 o'clock, and it's 10 p.m., so it has everything for kids, moms, um, dads, a beer, wine, mimosas, <laughs> a pizza, a, uh, you know, salads, paninis, uh, crepes, waffles, gelato ice cream. So everything under the same roof, basically. I think you nailed it. I know both Gloria and I are frequent visitors to Pizza Fire and Coco Crepes. Um, and, and I, you know, I love the pizza. I told you when I met you a year ago, I haven't ordered pizza or gone to another pizza place since I started coming to yours. Your crust is so good. It's so Thank thin. You. And the flavors, I can't. I'm not going to go anywhere else. And then now with Coco Crepes, I love it because there's not anything like that in our area. There's not. I mean, you would have to go into Houston, am I right? Rice Village. Or Rice, yeah, Rice Village to get something. And I think it's doing well for you because you brought something to the area that we didn't have. And I think that was so smart of you as a business owner. It, it was a risky proposition. Uh, we, we were told to, yes, do it or not to do it. Uh, you know, crepes in Lake City. Uh, Lots of thought went into that, and you know, uh, the Lake City is is or Lake City or Dickinson. Uh, this area is a traditional, a more a traditional area where people still like uh, a pancakes, mm-hmm. eggs, uh, the you know biscuits and, 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 and <laughs> biscuits and gravy. <laughs> biscuits and gravy. So so bringing crepes, I, I have to educate everybody every day what crepes are, and, and once they eat it, they, they realize it's it's mm-hmm. it's amazing food. Uh, it's uh, you know, very flavorful. It doesn't have to be just a sweet crepes, but it has lots of flavor. You know, ham, mozzarella, you know, turkey. Uh, it, it's He's making me hungry. I, I know, I'm starving. I haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> I'm like, I, I always get the chicken panini. And then for dessert the other day, we tried the red velvet crepe. And oh my God, I felt like the fat kid. We should have put gelato so ice cream good. on top. It was so good. <laughs> 
So, no, thank you. Thank you both again. Um, and um, so from going from there, you said it's, uh, it's one year for me in, in League City now. And I, I just love the city. You know, you, you know how I... You're a very popular man now because... Even after, even when you first started last year, then the hurricane hit, everybody saw what kind of man you truly are. You're all about this community and finding where you can best help. And I think that's what, you know, drew you to Gloria is Gloria kind of has the same mindset. I think we all do. How can we help our community that we love so much? So how did you two get So he connected? first came in and we were having the Up Social event in the morning. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And... Um, so that's where I first met him. And then we ordered a couple of pizzas for our staff at Elite Care. Sometimes we like to surprise them and treat them. And they love the pizza. And um, and then from there, you know, just to build a community partnership to support each other's businesses, I think is so important. He invites us out when they have community events and we're able to come out with Stitches, our bear mascot. The kids love them. Um, we have our Stitches today here with the Astros player because <laughs> we had a chamber event at uh, Minute May Park. But um, I just, he has a great heart. Yes. And he's a good person. I love his family. And so we want to do everything we can to support his business. Well, thanks. Thanks, Gloria. And t- thanks, Erin. Right? Erin. Manish says my name in a way that I wish everybody would say it. So, um, no, I, again, it's, it's a partnership. Um, as I said, in last one year, it, it hasn't been easy for our area. We, we had two major tragedies mm-hmm. in our area. Um, you know, first the hurricane and, and the, the recently the Santa Fe event, yes. and um, and and what it did to me and I think whole community it brought us all, the whole community mm-hmm. together. You know the challenges we had, and um, I felt more like a League City village than League City. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah. a League village, and, and that brought me the, my thought because I, I'm originally from India, come from a small town village mentality, and when I see mm-hmm. the same uh, attitude and mentality here with among the people, and, and that uh, where me, my wife, and my kid, you know, we enjoy here, I, we thoroughly. And ca- talking about community, I have a list of people I've worked over over the over this year, which people don't know these names, but they have done so wonderful job. And and I, if I if you can thank them all today, I've got a chance <laughs> here, so I would love to thank everybody. You know, from um, I don't know if you know Amanda from Dickinson Education Foundation. Yes, everybody yeah. knows Amanda. We love her. So during her, Hurricane Harvey, she raised more than I think two hundred thousand dollars or more, and. Every family affected, they had where they send like a, a $500 or something. I mean, amazing. Uh, there's another person, another Amanda, she was with Bay Area Alliance and Youth uh-huh. and Family. Yeah. <laughs> amazing job she does, uh, you know, where they, they work for the youth of this community, which are not as privileged as you and me and everybody, which don't have that opportunity. Um, there's a lady named Hillary Graham. Uh-huh. Um, and again, this is a, it's a community of school. Mm-hmm. They raise money for these schools or kids who cannot have, you know, the dresses or, or you know, clothes to go to school or, or pencils. Um, you know, the Erica, she's from Lighthouse Christian um, Missionaries. Mm-hmm. These are wonderful people. They are. Uh, and, They're and, all and, our friends. And, uh-huh. and the reason I'm naming them one by one, I mean, I, I've been, you know, um, Mary Bay's, uh, Mary Bar's Bay's. Nassau Bay. Uh, yeah. No, Mary, uh, the chef. Chef, oh, Chef Mary, Mary. Okay. Chef Mary. Again, you know, she raised sixteen thousand dollars plus for Hurricane, and now she has this, a Chef Stable charity. Mm-hmm. So, well, during a Harvey, uh, sorry, during this uh, Santa Fe event, mm-hmm. she was all over there uh, serving food for all those families, while you know everybody was struggling. Um, the YMCA, Paris YMCA. 
Tony. Tony. You, I mean, Tony. So, so this is my family here. You know, this is what I call family. She, wonderful. They have a program called Back to School mm-hmm. where, you know, everybody can spend $5, but that $5 will, will take the kid a whole package, what they need for the school. Um, you know, along with that, you, you know, there, there's American Heart Association, which does a wonderful job, a Rotary Club. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's a... Uh, Lions Club here, Club. Uh, you know our friends, uh, uh, the group ones, you group know ones, the group yeah. ones. You know, I mean, we are lucky to have not only all these community member, you know, Joe Perez, who does helps the small restaurants uh-huh. around here. And not, he does Deer Park Independent School District. Absolutely, I love <laughs> and I've missed many names. These are to name seven or eight, but I've missed probably hundred names more, which are part of this community, which. Uh, principles, you know, let me give you a couple of examples how they feel. There's a, a, a Calder Elementary principal, her name is Sophia, or Ross Elementary. Um, I, I have a brain fart now. So. <laughs> uh, but Miss um, Kelly, uh, Kelly Mooney. So these, I've, I've interacted with these principals and they care about the kids. They care about this mm-hmm. community. And that's what I enjoy in this community to work. Every day come to work. And I enjoy that part. And then Manish did so much for our community during Hurricane Harvey with feeding thousands. So as I say, Manish, your name is is, is right there on the list, too. And so I want to ask you, um, when you, I know that you thought a lot about starting this business before you started it. Um, when you were coming up with your plan of action, you know, how you were going to do it, was community relations a part of that plan? Did you know if if my business is going to succeed, I have to get in there and make a mark in my community? Or did you just think, I'm going to put the pizza place and they'll come? Because everybody loves pizza. Uh, you know me what? Uh, you know, the pizza and the business is always secondary for me. I always told you money doesn't excite me. I'm a, one of those businessmen where, where or, or even I don't consider a businessman. <laughs> so money doesn't excite me or, or something. So it was always, uh, my father, he has a store in India, a small town. And the way I, I've seen him operating since I was five year old. And he, it was all about community. It was a community center where people would come, sit, even if they want to buy something or not, they would have and have a coffee and they leave. So that's what I wanted to develop. Where somewhere people can stop by, they want to use my space for a birthday party, go ahead and do that. If something, a fundraiser, go ahead and use that. You're right in the middle of uh, League City. What It's like a community center. You do what you want to do. It's You don't have to pay anything. You don't have to buy food either. I just come and have a happy time, good times. <laughs> and I want to mention something, too, that I-45 construction is really affecting businesses. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. You know, just support how important local. it is to, yes, please yes. come out and support local businesses. And you're part of Pinnacle Park, which yes. is expanding. It's going to take over League City soon, and <laughs> you've got two of the businesses in there. And I'm so excited about that. I know. Um, anything else you want to you're mention? You're going to talk about Bay Area Alliance and the Dancing for the Stars. Yes, oh, my God. Yes. So don't forget. You're a part of the Dancing with the Stars, and so is Doug here. But um, don't tell Doug, but I'm rooting for you. <laughs> Uh, thank you. <laughs> you and Becky Day with um, uh, JSC Federal Credit Union. So, how did you get involved in that event? Well, I, don't, don't ask me. I've one seen that. you dance. You can you, dance. You, you, so I can dance. But you remember we had some um, a flavor before the dance, so that that helps. <laughs> <laughs> um, Doug, uh, he's the one. Uh, I was at one of the Bay Airlines. Uh, you know, uh, some Sherry. Some, somebody took me to that uh, the meeting, and, and Doug asked me, "Have you seen this?" Uh, a uh, show called uh, Dancing with the Stars, and I said, no, i never seen what? it on TV. And I was like, well, I said, I'm, I'm not, you know, I've not seen that. And he said, like, can you, we are doing that, and you want to be part of that? It's a fun, and I, I, I never said no. 
I know. Of course. And so, I've told you about this. <laughs> and they said, we'll do it. And I'm, I'm lucky to find a partner, Becky, in I that. I know. She's, she's wonderful. We had our first... Rehearsal. Rehearsal How did this that week. Go? It was amazing. <laughs> our, I, 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 again, I'm not good at names, so I don't remember the name who the, the lady who was training us, uh, our choreographer. Uh, um, amazing couple. They're right next to in the the building where Burlington Coat Factory is. Okay. So that's Isn't a reference. Isn't it Fred Astaire? I think absolutely so. that. Yeah. And, Amazing. So if you want to learn dancing, please go there. That's that's a place to... <laughs> I need help. I have no, no rhythm. Me either. I have to stop here. And again, one person I, I always forget to mention here in this list, uh, I just remember, is, is Mayor Pat. Pat. Oh, oh, I know. So, uh, you know, uh, and, and people talk bad, you know, people dislike politicians here. Mm-hmm. And mostly I'm non-political person. But we are lucky here in, in Lake City area to have... A great mayor as, as Pat and, and, and the council member like Groupon and, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, all this great people. Uh, so being in, being in this community, you know, I've made some of the best friends I've ever had in my life. And, and it's because of working in the community and working for the chamber and, and meeting mm-hmm. people like you. We're out of time, but gosh, I could just talk to you all forever. Thank you so much for coming on today, Gloria, and bringing Manish with you. You're welcome. My pleasure. I love Thank to, you. To, to talk about businesses in League City yes. that are doing well, and we w- wish you much success. And remember, guys, to go visit Pizza Fire of League City and Coco Crepes right there on 45 in front of Cabela's. There is construction, but we've still got to support our local businesses and keep the economy great here in League City. Yes, sir. The one last thing we are coming <laughs> up with is a keto pizza. I saw that on Facebook. So come try and view you. And I know that's a big popular diet right now. And so um, the story, one one of my friends visiting last night was an engineer, and we both stayed till midnight to come up with some fun fun recipes. And kids eat for free the month of July. There you go. What reason do you not have to visit Pizza Fire and Cocoa Crepes? Thank you both so much for being here. That's it for this week. We'll see you next week on League City Live. Thank you, Erin. Thank you.